welcome to Time Limit. Today, we're talking all about the goals and metrics that project managers can use to guide project and even professional success. Now, that's a pretty big topic, or really, it's kind of two topics that are sort of related. The good part is that my friend Anita Sagar is in the perfect position to address this topic. Anita is an agile consultant at Enterprise Knowledge, which is a consulting firm focused on leveraging agile practices for delivering knowledge and information solutions. Anita has some really great advice on how to shift project metrics to focus on outcomes rather than outputs, which I think will get you thinking strategically right away. She's also got some really great career advice to get you focused on being a great project leader. So check out the conversation. Anita Sagar, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Brett? I'm doing well. Thanks. I'm so glad that you joined me. I'm I'm really excited to dig in on your session topic, basically, for the Digital PM Summit, right? It's all about metrics that PMs can use to kind of guide project and professional success. Yeah. Uh, is this a topic that that you've been kind of thinking about and working on for a while, or how did it come to you? Yeah, I think that one of the it started to really come to me because we have a lot, you know, the work that I do is with a lot of clients and, you know, a lot of times clients are really just thinking about the project itself and how the project can be a success. And I have to kind of drive the conversation into looking at the business values or really looking at the outcomes of a project. And then it actually has changed many conversations um, from what they originally wanted the project to be to something a little bit different. And I realized that this is actually a big component of project management, especially as you go deeper and deeper and higher and higher into project management. Those uh, strategic conversations are something we should all be having. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's start kind of high level so we can kind of do a little bit of education about metrics and defining success and then talk about project metrics. And then if if it's okay with you, I'd like to talk a little bit about strategies some project managers might find valuable when it comes to kind of measuring their own success in their in their careers and in their roles because I kind of feel like we don't get much of that, right? Like I know in my my PM career, I felt like I was always kind of just measured on if a project was successfully delivered or not. And I feel like there's a lot more to being successful as a PM. So I want to give people a little bit of that if it's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually something I've been thinking about quite a bit as well. Awesome. Okay, cool. So let's start at the top then. I guess in terms of general... I guess, industry standards, if that makes sense. Uh, How are you seeing organizations define success metrics on the project level? Yeah, I think um, one of the main things that I tend to see, especially in agile projects, are um, are we meeting the features or meeting the feature components like acceptance criteria or definition of done? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, just kind of keeping it at that level. Um, I think, you know, at a slightly higher level, it's mostly about launching a service or product, um, going, you know, building the MVP or shipping the product. Um, and also, you'll see people really start measuring um, profit margins if the product or project is really supposed to bring that in. But that's where I'm really seeing things kind of stop. Um, 
amongst those like four major criteria. Okay. And so it sounds like those are almost like, it's almost like the PM is rolling up to almost a a business objective, right? Like something that's potentially determined at uh, the executive level in an organization. Is that right? Yeah, I do think there is an component to like, you know, obviously many projects are undertaken for a particular reason. And that reason is usually kind of like this overarching, like, hey, we need this project done because we need to, you know, ship this product into the public. But it doesn't go much deeper than that. And sometimes PMs don't always think beyond that um, into like how it will affect the business. And to be honest, like even stakeholders don't think beyond that sometimes. Right. It's kind of like, well, we are have already determined that this project is valuable or viable. So we are going to just focus on delivering what we can within this project. Exactly. Okay. And versus like how it can be viable and profitable um, and why, not just, you know, it is. Okay. So have you ever kind of seen a kind of, I guess it's a metric or even goals revisited after a project's already underway, you know, like you're halfway through a project and and you realize, oh, we could actually accomplish something else with this. Yeah. So um, I do often times, I don't really often see them getting revisited, which I think in it, like in and of itself is an issue. Um, Oftentimes we both know that the goal of the project kind of tends to miss the mark when it's, I don't, for lack of a better word, kind of shallow and we don't think about it in a deeper way. Um, We usually say what it's, you know, like kind of like, what does this project do Um, versus, so it's more output related versus versus value of the um, actual project, like, or the outcome. So within the ecosystem of our company, where does this project lie? What other projects or systems will it affect? And, you know, how will this affect the organization or business unit? And the fact that we don't revisit these things becomes a problem because then the conversation just kind of gets siloed a little bit into kind of what is the output? What is, you know, what is this project just, what is, the best success metric for this project right and don't revisit it is like just a huge problem but i also think that there's just so many factors in project management that also hinder us from revisiting things which is like the timeline you know the budget there's always like these conflicting stakeholder opinions and so sometimes we just kind of like think about the project at its forefront and it like and sometimes revisiting an outcome can become even more convoluted than we think. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, as a PM, the idea of revisiting and lengthening your project and and bringing up more issues is a little scary. So you kind of sometimes put blinders on, which... Yeah. I, I mean, like, I'm definitely guilty of, of doing that. So yeah, it's interesting. I had a conversation with Yoon Chung from Veritas on Time Limit, um, I think an episode or two back. And the conversation is all about strategic decision-making. And we talked a lot about just how PMs can be more strategic. And I think what we're talking about is why, like what holds us back from being strategic. Um, My point of view is like, I would love to see more project managers recognize that PM is a strategic role and maybe stopping and pulling those blinders off is a good idea. Even if it does mean 
a little bit of added chaos for your day-to-day and in your projects. How do you feel about that? Well, so, and this is something that um, I've been talking to about my colleagues because sometimes I wonder if, if, yes, I do believe that PM should be more strategic, but I wonder if part of that is sometimes like the role that they have within a company. You know, maybe their role isn't a strategic role. Maybe they're just kind of given a project and they're like, go forth and complete it. And versus being brought in during the business strategy sessions to be able to have that voice. Um, And if a PM is not comfortable with that, like, you know, are we really like fostering that within our PMs? I don't know. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is, yeah, it would be great if we could. It does depend on the role because the PM role is, let's face it, it's different in in basically every organization. Like, of course, there are common themes, but what we do in organizations can vary from place to place. But just this general idea of you you do have some control of, of that strategy is it's kind of a nice feeling. And I do think that it helps you to motivate a team to deliver on kind of what those goals are when you're thinking about those goals and putting them at the forefront of the conversation. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, but I'm with you. It's it's not, it's a nice thing to say and think about. It's not always achievable for everyone, Um, but it's something to strive for. Yeah, I get, and like, it's just, it's, I think the reason why I've been thinking about it is like my company um, enterprise knowledge has done a very good job in like, you know, like really bringing me and, you know, other people into like those earlier conversations. So we do become very successful um, in our project management because we are in those earlier conversations and we do have the, um, you know, leeway and the um, voice to kind of help um, set that strategic direction with like a product or project that we're working on and, and really have those connections with the product owner on the client side as well to really help them like, you know, um, shape what they want this to look like. And I think that it's so important to have that ability within your company to be able to do that because like I myself in other companies have not felt that I had that voice and, and now I very much do. Right. Okay. So let's kind of, let's, let's move on a little bit. I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on what are the best ways to document goals and then to communicate them with the team. Cause you know, before I was talking about kind of making those goals the forefront of, of what you're doing. What, what are some tips you have there? Yeah. So I think one of the best things that we have done is we have like, you know, for lack of a better word, almost like a cheat sheet. And I can share something similar with you, Brett, um, that I keep for myself as well, where we kind of um, look at the business values. A lot of times you can get in proposals if you're working with clients or even internally talking with stakeholders, if it's an internal project, but like, like kind of facilitating that conversation, which as an aside is also an important PM skill is to have, be able to facilitate conversations around business value um, in order to strategize, but, and look at outcomes, but, you know, really being able to uh, measure your outcomes based on business value and then taking those outcomes and, and kind of making them into measurable outputs. You know, how do I measure um, this business value as a success metric? And I think that like really writing it down has helped me in like being able to understand what the ultimate goal is and what my short-term goals are. 
And then one thing that EK does really well is we have like for almost every client, we always have like an internal kickoff where the entire team is kind of briefed on, you know, what are the larger goals of this organization or, you know, what is it that we want to do? And I think that really helps set the pace or set the stage for, for us to make sure that we're really delivering value. Absolutely. So I kind of want to take that a little, a step further, because I I love that idea of a cheat sheet, like using something to kind of document goals in a kind of like a repeatable way, like an expected way for team members, and then kind of engaging everyone at a kickoff. Are there, do you have any tips for like, you know, once those things are documented and you've put them out there at the very, very beginning of the project, sometimes they can kind of fade to the back, right? When, when you get deep into work, like what do you do as a PM to keep those things at the forefront of the discussion of your project? Yeah, I think like, and this is more of a heavy lift on a PM, but you know, it's something that I find very important is, you know, when I have that cheat sheet, in front of me and I'm looking at business values and I'm creating, you know, if I'm doing an agile project and I'm creating, um, stories for a particular product, I need to make sure that each of the features somehow map back to an objective that eventually maps back to an outcome because I, you know, I don't like teams building things that don't somehow have an outcome. Um, even if it's direct or indirect, if it doesn't map back to an outcome, why are we building it? Like we need to have an answer as to why we're building something regardless of how big or small that feature is. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of where I was headed with this line of questioning. Cause I, I guess in my experience as a PM and a lot of projects I've worked on, the focus on the goals has been a lot about like, we're going to create this thing versus we're going to deliver on a promise or an actual metric, right? Like, and that metric could be anything from, you know, conversion rates to views to, you know, overall customer satisfaction or something like that. But Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that's because sometimes it can be difficult to come up with metrics that feel reasonable or achievable. Like we've all set goals that feel like, oh my gosh, we're never going to get there. And then that's just demotivating. Um, Especially if you're kind of working on a project that could impact a lot of areas within a business. So do you have any advice on, you know, looking at those goals or setting good goals that really focus on outcomes that kind of drive a team to meet those outcomes and metrics? Yeah. I mean, like, I know that that's very overwhelming, especially when you get these huge products that you're, um, I've been working a lot on different products versus just like the traditional project. So that's why uh-huh. I keep mentioning products. Cool. Um, it's really hard when they touch a lot of different areas, but I think one of the things is like, you know, we can make a goal, a smart goal, right? That's like an easy way for us to make something measurable. But what happens is we'll say something like 80%, you know, increased in revenue or something like our productivity. And, and then we're looking at each of these features and we're like, Oh my gosh, is this going to become 80%? Like, are we doing the right thing? I think like one of my pieces of advice here is to really understand, like, as long as it's positively affecting your ultimate goal, like it's okay to take those baby steps to build it. Like nothing is going to just suddenly give you an 80% outcome. It's all the little, little steps that build it into that 80% outcome. And I think that the objectives can be very daunting if you don't like quite realize that as long as you as long as you keep mapping yourself back, you're looking at a good trajectory in terms of, of meeting your objectives mm-hmm. and ultimately, ultimately your outcomes. 
Okay. Yeah. I, I like the idea of baby steps and, and baby steps towards goals. And I've even been on projects where a goal kind of comes up secondarily. Like you're working through something and you're like, oh, you know what? We could actually accomplish this by doing this thing as well. Let's keep track of that. Do you, yeah. do you is that okay yeah, to do? I, yeah. I mean, I, you know what? I've been on numerous projects where like, you know, we'll all be talking and be like, oh, you know what? This really also affects, I don't know, return on investment or something like that. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know this, but, and I don't think that it, um, if it enhances your ultimate outcome, I personally don't find like a particular, like any huge issue with it. But I think there's always an issue as to if you had a goal in the beginning and you totally divert from it, right? Because then the product or project itself has ability to then divert itself in what we're building or the project that we're undertaking. So I think if you're enhancing, you're okay, but you're leading, you're going down the same path. But if you're totally changing the goal, that's when you have. Okay. So, all right. So we've talked about kind of like high level project goals and, and kind of like the PM's role in that. I'm wondering if you think it makes sense for a project manager to have kind of output goals when it comes to managing the project and the overarching kind of goals, just to kind of keep the team on target. Um, or do you think that confuses things? Like, is that goal overload <laughs> to say, you know, we're going to meet, we're going to meet these high level business goals, but also we're going to have this output goal on, on what we do week over week or month by month. Yeah. I think that, um, kind of, you know, agile practices like scrum practices, excuse mm-hmm. me. And sometimes even compound practices, obviously with, with whip limits and everything kind of like has your built in goals, you know, um, you know, your sprint goal, or we want to get this many stories through or, you know, whatnot. But I do believe like I have been in a position where I've been like, okay, I, I we definitely need to get this many stories through, you know? And I think that goal can like, it's a little difficult for some people and adds a lot of stress. I would rather them give me quality work and, you know, with a quality team, than you know, just worry about like, did my numbers go through? And right. obviously, PM, it's our job to like maybe set something um, in our minds, but I don't. I don't know. I think it really depends on the circumstance as to whether you want to like verbalize that to to other people, to your team, especially like you know as a PM, it's your job to know the nuances of who your team is, and some people just don't work under that pressure. Totally, and I guess also like within a more agile process like Scrum you're really determining those output goals when you're determining what will be accomplished in the sprint. So so there's enough kind of pressure wrapped up in that, even if it is kind of flexible, right? Exactly. And so it's like, personally, I don't know if I would, uh, like, I like to add that added pressure. I know some PMs do and, uh, you know, that's up to them. Maybe that's something their team enjoys, but I, the teams that I've worked with, like they produce such quality work that um, like, why add that quantity on top? of it unless there's some major deadline that we have to meet yeah i'm with you i I think um you and i are probably similar in terms of our style of project management it's more about the people like why overwhelm people with goals that can feel arbitrary as long as things are on track overall with the project exactly so one of the things that you mentioned that i want to dig in on for a second is definition of done and you hear that term often particularly in agile methodologies Can you talk a little bit about definition of done and how you use it on projects? 
Yeah, um, I use it. <laughs> There's always so much debate about acceptance criteria and definition of a done. I feel like um, because everyone uses it for different things. Mm-hmm. For me, I tend to use um, acceptance cri- criteria as if like more of the functional um, criteria that needs to be met for a particular feature. Um, and then definition of done, I consider that more as like, is the feature integrated with the larger project or the ecosystem? Or, you know, is it like truly considered done in that it is like within, like, is it enhancing the project versus just like a siloed feature that's completed? Um, Does that make sense? It does make sense. Thank you. Oh yeah, no problem. I I always have like a weird time um, explaining definition of done um, because so many people think of it in so many different ways. Um, And this is just my specific way that I like to explain it. Sure. Um, but more importantly, I do think that um, because people like mix up acceptance criteria and definition of done, a lot of people think that when, you know, a feature may be just completed, like it is done. And and some people measure output as to how many features are completed. Right. But that's not finished. You know, that's not a success metric. Like has it been integrated into the larger um product that we're building is that product going to eventually that we're building going to meet the outcomes that we need like that's my definition that makes sense yeah because the the tactics of how you meet that goal can change over the course of a project especially when you're running a more agile methodology and things can be more flexible and iterative so that that definitely makes sense to me Yeah. And like, I actually write like in one of my blogs, I'm like, you know, we're building complex living systems that need to be constantly managed, optimized, pruned, and refined. And the number of features that, you know, we ship is pretty much irrelevant, right? The impact of the product, the entire product, um, and the impact that it has on customers is a far better indicator of customer value or of a success metric. So, you know, for me, that is more of that definition of done. Absolutely. So let's fast forward to like the end of a project, you know, everything's wrapped up and your team feels good about it, but you probably have to review, you know, whether you do a a retrospective or people do postmortems. Like, do you recommend any kind of kind of final review or discussion of the goals after the project's wrapped up? Um, What are the best ways, I guess, to check off the box that basically determines if you've met the goal or the project was a success in some kind of more formalized way? Yeah, I think um, so. You know, I feel like all of us are kind of seasoned to run different retrospectives. We have plenty of resources online um, to just like pick from. But I really think that retrospectives, um, when you're looking at outcomes and outputs, kind of need to change to a different conversation. Because I think what happens is with retrospectives, we really get into like, did we run this sprint well? Did we, you know, did this, Mm -hmm. what were the issues? issues with this project or, you know, whatnot. And I really think that when we change that focus to business value and looking at the questions on business value, did we provide them a way to get their productivity up? You know, where did we not, um, where did, where was a problem feature that we may or may not, we should have pushed back on or something like that. I think those are conversations that, that kind of really result in like future products being even better and more in line with what our clients or internal teams need. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of the retrospective. Just curious at a high level, how do you run a retrospective? Like what are the the main kind of agenda points in the retrospectives that you run? Yeah. um, I 
tend to run them. Well, I've been working with my my teams for quite a while now. So we are a little bit, we're a little less formal, but I really think that that's being that we know, you know, we know each other really well and how we work. So, um, you know, really we talk about like the good things that are happening. I always like, I know it's small, but I do think it's important to start with like accolades and just good things that have happened. And then we kind of talk a little bit about just like how we've run the project. And I think that's really important just because it also helps me as a PM kind of like catch pitfalls that made that I need to catch in order to just better run the next project. But more importantly, I think it's really important to look at the ultimate goal um, for a particular client or internal team or internal project and see if we've met it. And I, I think the big bulk of it really rests on that. Okay, and, cool. And it's, a, it's a little weird of a, not weird, I don't want to say that. It's a little a difficult of a conversation to have at first because teams aren't always used to having that conversation. But then as you continue doing it, it becomes much easier um, to throw your focus into having that kind of conversation. For sure. And I think the interesting thing that you're talking about here is that it kind of comes back to what we were talking about in the beginning of this conversation about PMs being more strategic. And I mm-hmm. think that when you can get to a place with a team where things are comfortable and you can talk about things in an open way, you can really become more strategic um, just kind of as a byproduct because you're able to think through like the personalities on your team, the tasks that are coming due, the overall business goals, and find a clearer path to meeting those goals with all of those factors kind of in play. Yeah. And I think that one of the difficult things about retrospectives is that we kind of run them in a very um, sterile way. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, you know, Yeah, especially if we don't know the team that well. But, and I think that as a PM, like the more retrospectives you run with your particular teams, the more you're going to get more information out of it. And the more you can have like much more difficult conversations that's just not going to end with a room in silence. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, yeah. And I think you nailed it by saying, you know, we like to talk about the accolades and the good things first because that stuff loosens everyone up and gets everyone excited and charged up about the project and what's going well. It also makes the difficult conversation just a tad easier. Exactly. Or, you know, you could do it during happy hour. I feel like you could get this. This is true. This is true. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk for a few minutes about the kind of like personal professional goals for project managers. I'm curious. What do you see as smart, reasonable goals for PMs? What, you know, what have you seen in your career? What seems to kind of work well? Um, it's actually interesting because one of the things that I um, get, got a lot of pushback on when I was like job hunting um, back in the day is that my resume was like very... Uh, built around my responsibilities as a PM. It almost looked like a JD, right? Like a job description. But, um, and a lot of people who look at my resume would say, yeah, but like, what have you done? And so that made me realize how much, even our jobs are really so much based on like, what outcomes have we done? Right. You know, and so my, I've kind of like changed to, um, you know, looking at, is my success success metric as a PM is kind of like what value did I add to this project in terms of like giving them their success metric and their business value? Like what have I done for, for this particular team versus like, yeah, I run sprints and I've done X, Y, and Z and that's all great. But so does every other PM. 
Mm-hmm. And I think changing your mindset to that also changes like how you run your And it helps you to answer that question, what have you done or what do you do? Because so many people don't even know what a PM does. Like even people within organizations don't understand what project management is there for. So if you can bring, as a PM, if you can bring that kind of level of um, what value have I added to this project, you can communicate that out in an organization and people will start to see the value of the role. And I think that's so powerful. I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely, you know, realized, um, and, and here's the other thing, Brett, right? Like, and I think it, it varies with different PMs, right? Because like some of the younger PMs who are just like getting into the game of, of PMing is like, they're just really kind of like, Hey, these are the great things that I have done generically. And then, but as you get older, as you get like more into it, like as companies like really look to to you to be a senior person, they're not looking for your responsibilities. You know, they're looking at how can we get the best return on our investment mm-hmm. to hire you to run our teams. And I think, yeah, that's the most, that it changes as time goes on, but it should be at the forefront of every PM's mind, whether you're new or old, obviously. Old or veteran, I don't want to say old. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you're kind of saying, you know, it, it's always going to come down to the bottom line and how a PM can contribute to overall uh, profitability. Is that right? Um, well, I think part of the thing that we face is that, you know, many people are like, why should we hire a PM? We're already agile. Or like, why should we do this? Or why should, like, what's the value here? And I think that like, I've heard that so many times in my career and you know, all we can do is kind of just, we're just like, oh my gosh, if you don't hire a PM for this project, it's going to be a disaster, you know, but we need to like, we kind of have that extra, um, job and showing them our effort as to why to hire us. And versus like maybe a developer or, you know, somebody who has like a specific, uh, set. And I think that looking at projects in this way allows you to even have that conversation in interviews about why it's so important to have to hire you as a um, part of their team. Absolutely. And, you know, I think this is kind of a little bit of a tangent, but I think this is a good conversation to have and one that a lot of people, I think, have in the back of their minds because if they're not immediately seeing the value of PM, they're putting... all of the work and responsibility of a PM on someone who's really there to deliver, right? And so it's basically adding a whole other role and set of really responsibilities and specialization on someone who might not be suited to it. Um, So I think finding that value and as PMs, you know, figuring out what your value is, acting on it, and then really kind of evangelizing it in an organization in some way is so powerful um, and it it will make an organization stronger. Do you agree with that? I totally agree with that. I think like a lot of people don't quite understand like the skill set that it's needed to be that, you know, is needed to be a PM and like all the, all of what we do. And I think that, you know, it's part of our job to also, you know, like you said, evangelize what it is that we do and why it's so important for us to be around. And even though we don't, we won't deliver code. Um, I think, you know, we need to be able to say, Hey, I do X, Y, and Z and I'll do it for you. And these are the outcomes that I've had in the past. So it would be a big messed up on your part, not to bring me in. 
Yep. And I, I think a, a big, it's easy for you and I to say that because we've got more experience in the game of PM. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's taken a long time to get there, right? Like it, this is not, this is not easy. It's not easy to prove your worth and prove your value. And it's also taxing it just as a human being, like you feel like if people don't feel like you necessarily have a reason to be in a place and proving why you do you need to be in a place, that's rough. Like it's, it's, and, and I feel for people who are in that situation and I've certainly been in that situation and you've got to be willing to kind of fight for it. And I think you've got to be willing to better them yourself. Right. So I'm wondering if you have any kind of like tips or reading or training that people should do to kind of further themselves within project management, if that's really their career path. Yeah, I think like one piece of advice, because I do a lot of um, work with like some of the younger PMs, like outside of, you know, EK or, you know, just like mentoring and stuff like that. And I think that's something that's very important that I feel like I say often is one, um, just because you have a certification does not mean that I would hire you. Because a lot of people are like, oh, well, I have a CSM and I have a PMP. Like, okay, great. But if you have no practical knowledge of application, that's not going to help me at all, you know, because a PMP is just a standard, but how to apply it to a, a KM project versus a, um, a some other waterfall project in healthcare or something is going to be completely different. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah. yeah. And I think that a lot of young PMs sometimes feel that you can just like get a certification and that should kind of cover your basis. But I mean, we live in a certification driven world. Like at this point, I don't know how much cert, I mean, certifications will always matter because people tend to look at, look for those regardless, but when they're really doing some strategic hiring certifications is just one component. It's not the end all be all. And I think that's like one of, that's like a piece of advice that I feel like I'm saying over and over and over again. Yeah, I agree with you. It's like uh, book smart versus street smart. <laughs> As a PM, you need both. You, you, you can't just come into it and say, well, I, you know, I have my certification. I've put all of these hours into studying. Guess what? So is everyone else through whatever <laughs> education they've done. Just because you have three letters at the end of your name doesn't really mean that much to me. Um, exactly. Exactly. And in interviews, they, you know, people will catch very quickly, like how much practical experience that you have. And like, sometimes you cannot dig yourself out of that hole. And then what happens? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. That is a whole other topic that I would love to continue with, with you at some point, because I I think we share some, some points of view there and, and, and experience as well. Um, That'll be my next one. Definitely. Our certification's worth it. People would love that. Um, <laughs> because we're not saying that they're not, right? Like that, that is an important thing to say is it's not that they're not worth it. It's the practicality of putting that certification into play and being able to break what they've taught you at points because you're going to have to. I also think like certifications, speaking to the whole, like, is it worth it? It's like, it will get your foot in the door, right? It will let For sure. you your foot right into that door because that's if I'm looking for that I tend to like I will skim your resume for that cert but it definitely but then I'll ask you a bunch of questions like when I do hiring on my end I'll ask a bunch of questions obviously related and that's when people get trapped right all right last question so my last question on the podcast is always kind of keeping with the theme or title of the show which is time limit So I'm wondering if you've got any recommendations 
for kind of light, easy ways for PMs to establish goals when they're stretched for time. Like we know that PMs are often in an agile world, probably not working on more than one project, but in typical PM fashion, I think that rule's broken and you're stretched (laughs) for time because you're working across projects and teams and responsibilities. So any like easy ways for PMs to establish goals when they're stretched for time? Yeah, I think that our duty is always to our teams first. So, you know, my goal, if I have different goals that I'm looking at, I am always wanting to make sure the health of my team and, you know, any counts that I'm over are the most important things. That's like first and foremost, if I can get past that and need to set a goal for myself, um, well, that would be the first goal for myself, excuse me. But then the next goal is if I'll set something, maybe one goal that I know I can maintain or get to in about a week or two weeks time. Um, And it can be something as easily as like, I'll update this spreadsheet or I'll, you know, I'll, I will check on, on check in on every single one of my members um, or my team members, like within a week or something like that. And even if it's something just as small as that, um, that I can attain in like a week or two, that's like, you've already started helping yourself. So I I, think that's the main thing. I agree with that. I think it's nice to have a bunch of little wins, right? But Mm -hmm. also kind of what you're talking about is a goal to keep yourself accountable to being a good PM. And sometimes you need that because if you do want to focus on your team first and then a client or a stakeholder or even just a changing technology or thing in the project eats and zaps your time, you kind of start to slip from the things that you should be accountable to. So I guess what I'm saying is like, when you go in firefighting mode, those goals take a back seat. So if you follow the advice that you just gave, mini goals, right? They're going to, those kind of like micro goals will help you to stay really good and stay on top of your game. So I think that's really great advice. Thank you. And like, I just think that like, you know, a lot of times we do end up firefighting a little bit and like, you know, that's kind of comes with our job. And, but I also think that being able to like, even check in, I know like something that's important is like checking in on team members or um, something like that is important because that kind of helps with the firefighting, you know, just to kind of catch it a little earlier too. And I think that there's goals that you can even set if you feel like you're getting overwhelmed with the firefighting that will like kind of help um, decrease the amount that you're kind of being reactive. Absolutely. And I think that would be the goal. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, Anita, thank you so much for joining me today. I, I really love this conversation. I hope that we can continue it sometime soon, but I think it's going to be a little while for you. So I won't bother <laughs> you for at thank least you. the next nine months. All right. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And also, can I just say that Enterprise Knowledge is hiring a technical PM? Oh, Yeah the area. And um, yeah, we're looking for somebody. So if you're in the DC area, well, right now we're remote, so I'm not sure what that looks like, but you're in the DC area and you are open to looking for a technical PM type of position, please check out our website. It's enterprise-knowledge.com. Brett, I will also send you the link, um, you know, so you have it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll put it in our show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. 
All right, that's a wrap, folks. I hope that no matter what type of projects you work on or what methodology you use, you found some helpful advice in the episode to kind of help you get focused on achievable goals that will push your projects and your career forward. As always, I appreciate you listening to Time Limit. Don't forget, like, subscribe, share, and rate the show where you listen to your podcasts. And if you've got any recommendations for future guests or topics, please send me a note. You can get to me at brett at teamgamp.com. Thanks. Thank you.